Thank you for tuning in this week as we continue to uh, unfold the subject of a new look at an old God. And today we're going to talk about evil. And the first question, of course, is, is there evil in the world? Well, is there or isn't there? Classic question that frequently appears within the topics of conversation within any minister's life. We seem to be the final clearinghouse for an answer to this perennial question. And yet, this minister has taken note of who usually gets asked this question on a national level, and the answer seldom changes from them. Without naming specific people, almost always when something horrendous happens on the world scene, reporters or news commentators or presidents go back to the same handful of people who regurgitate the same answers. With my warped sense of humor, it is wondered why the reoccurring answer isn't just videotaped and played again and again whenever it is deemed germane. With few exceptions, these answers are not my answer, for I perceive most answers are based on the existence of a God that never existed in the first place. Of course, always a he, and without speaking to it specifically, a deity steeped in an anthropomorphic and capricious duality that flutters between anger and love. Why? Well, obviously, it isn't an answer that begins with a quote or definition attributed to Jesus, John 2.4, of spirit, saying, God is spirit. Well, why? Because for the referenced handful of acknowledged leaders, it is easier to base an answer on a deity that is made in the image-likeness of man that now includes the unspoken thought, well, it's what I would probably do. Of course, this would never be admitted. Is there evil in the world? Well, it depends how the world is defined, isn't it? Is there an ultimate and coexistent uh, essence of darkness called evil that shares some measure of reality with the energy we call God? That is believed to be the real question, and my answer is always categorically not. Then, of course, the questionings often continue as example, af example after example is cited, and the most easily answered by a uh, the devil made me do it, or them, or someone, do it, mentality. That infantile answer satisfies many people because it doesn't cause them to do what is generally shied away from in circles of religious belief, and that is to think. The usual course of action for this majority is to blindly follow. Thinking never encouraged. However, think with me. My premise is always an acknowledgement of only one presence, one power, source, first cause, God, and this essence of pure being is forever the same, maybe perhaps in and of itself expanding, but an expansion based only on its nature that can be perceived by many as love. Never is there an ultimate duality. There is only God. Then, for some who nibble at the threshold of actually thinking, the next answer 
that surfaces usually is based around the subject of free will, saying that this answer speaks to the individual's ability to reverse the word energy live, L-I-V-E, and now make it spell evil, E-V-I-L, another cutesy thing some do with words. Yet, cutesy or not, this has to be the right answer, for real thinking people can't just leave it there and then not make any logical application of this insightful answer into their lives. Some perhaps can, and will refrain from delving deeper, but not real thinkers, and trustfully not you. Then, some might say that the Bible, well, it speaks to the origin of evil in the guise of an angel who sinned. You can read about it in Second Peter 2.4. And they state that this is the real answer to all questions about evil. Why? Well, now we have someone to blame. We now have a fallen deity, sometimes called the devil, who, as it were, possesses all the passcodes for celestial access who is the real and always lurking responsible entity behind all evil? Well, says who? Someone or group of someones added something along the way that was entered into canon so as to successfully take humankind out of the loop and hence any responsibility of why things happen. The Bible, taken as a whole, is not the basis for my belief system, and they who claim it is the literal word of God from Genesis through the Revelation are themselves quick to pick and choose what they quote and where they place their emphasis. Now, and, and so important, so very important, this reservoir of truth or God isn't just accessible to a cloistered or thankfully and outwardly acknowledged few. It is always available to be tapped by anyone as ideas and then words and speech are formulated. Anyone. That means you, dear friend. And equally important is always accessible within everyone to serve as a measuring stick against what to qualify as being read or heard. In other words, is it valid? Is it real? Why? Why, as truth passes through human consciousness... It is almost always inevitable that interesting slants and perspectives are given to it. Uh, even I am somewhat reluctant to admit that nonetheless the same is true of these words that you are hearing today. With this awareness, each now, you, I, me, us, everybody, we now have an obligation as something is read or heard to then take a prayerful moment to touch base within this inner resource of truth and to then apply what is revealed so as to accept, reject, or adjust what is heard or read. Today's Bible notwithstanding. Further understand that this process is always in flux as we each have experienced the had, we've had the experience of reading something that we thought to be total nonsense only to later sense its warmth and beauty. The opposite is always true. Most people make choices to do what we are so quick to be called, or we are quick to at least call, bad or wrong things. 
most certainly can make these choices, and throughout history it has always been so. However, consciousness always holds the trump card, and here is where, in my not-so-humble opinion, one must truly engage the thinking, truth, apparatus within them. So let's think and explore. Nobody is ever in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time. Never is to be found lack, accident, or chance within the topic of evil, be it here in our present awareness or, for that matter, anywhere in the cosmos. We can't successfully pick and choose where and when we will acknowledge this principle, this law, this truth. It is like the principle behind mathematics. One plus one is always two, as long as we are using a base 10 numbering system. We can try to compartmentalize where and when we acknowledge this principle, but then nothing flows too well within our lives. Staying centered in the peace and love of God is always our trump card. Staying centered thus ensures we are always in our right place at the right time. The writer of the 91st Psalm wrote about that and used the analogy of being covered under the Lord's, and you can substitute the word law, so under the law's wings, and thousands falling at their side, but not coming near them. However, this then leads us to another inevitable question. Then, when evil, interesting how many people insist upon using this word, especially when they feel victimized, then when evil occurs in anyone's life, and now being told that there isn't luck, accident, or chance, does this now mean that he or she deserved and earned this experience that was so very painful, hurtful, and so obviously unjust? Is this the real question behind this subject, perhaps? Within unity, there has always been an awareness uh, of what is called the law of mind action. It can be defined in many ways, but for this sharing, let's think of it as a function of consciousness that has a magnetic pull that 24-7 reaches out so as to vector into our lives things, events, circumstances, personalities that mirror our individual consciousness and that this is the why behind the statement, we are the creators of our own reality. Let's shed more light on the word in question, evil. If anything ultimately only has the meaning we give to it, and if the moment needing description or connotations of something or everything being bad, let's not exacerbate the moment by projecting more pronouncements of evil into something that already doesn't feel all that great. On a vehicle I sometimes drive, there is a full front license plate that says, it's all good. Saying this, it is fully understood that things may not look good within some moments. But couldn't we then add the caveat that might say or pray, all right, show me the good in this moment? Example after example exists of the good being realized and corners rounded in someone's life. It is understood that this can be a real stretch for someone, perhaps you, the listener, 
who really might have difficulty with the perceived stupidity in this speaker's, in my, obvious inability to see evil and similar, now talk, now write a smokescreen using nonsensical goody-goody words. Well, I honor that statement if it is in you, but my question then is, well, how's that working out for you? Have you noticed that the more focus is made on such things as evil and unjust, that more of these moments are experienced? Do you think there might be a connection? As the creators of our own reality and using the only tools we have, meaning thinking that then becomes belief, that then becomes consciousness, that then becomes our life, let's give the word evil a different connotation or definition. For many, this might be a challenge, as there is so very much in collective consciousness that has the word linked with a deeply buried catechism that thrives and thrives on the concepts of accident, luck, chance, victimhood, unworthiness, a little man in a red suit with a pointed tail and similar, hence evil, with a strong, very strong connotation of everything wicked. Let's try to make this switch. Let's now let evil simply reference a trumped-up theatrical name or title for an antagonist that makes good entertainment, but that totally exists only therein. Evil, then, becomes just a word that describes a choice that has been made that didn't have principle, spelled with a capital P, at its core, but was laced heavily with non-acceptance, judgmentalness, and perhaps a belief in a God whose nature included such things, hence a deity that never existed. Then, through the law of mind action, that is always working throughout everything, returned back into one's life, unpleasant things. An angry God somewhere punishing us for something or anything? Never. Well, then what? A totally neutral occurrence based on the same principle that tells us that one plus one is always two. If we persevere on doing something similar to insisting that one plus one is five and then calling the out of balance in our checking account evil and now claiming to be the victim of that inane and stupid law of mathematics, then we can continue to grovel in our pain. Yet, I then ask, how's this working out for you as well? In Unity, there is a hymn that speaks to these words. It says, For there is no evil in the world unless you think there ought to be. Seldom can human vision see the energy lines of connectivity that are always present between cause and effect, between thought and and outcome between belief and experience, and yet they are always there and are neutrally behind all encounters with person, place, personality, thing, or moment. That which is held as a focus within us is automatically translated into a vibrational pattern that the law of mind action uses as a basis to fulfill what we are in essence praying for, 
review the chapter on prayer. Not a fleeting thought, of course, but we're talking about a focused thought that at one end of the scale irritates us greatly, all the way to a focus upon something that returns feedback emotions that are happy and emotionally warm. This law reads the energy of our vibrational focus. If never, even if we are shouting no at it, no, I don't want, I don't want that evil or similar. A focus based upon anything becomes a request that we are issuing for more of the same in our lives. Again, we are always focusing on something. We cannot help but do what the words attributed to our elder brother stated, knock, ask, seek, Matthew 7. The longer our focus remains fixated, the stronger the vibrational tug toward similar things. Identical things? Not necessarily, but ballpark type replicas that we will either enjoy or maybe go so far as to loathe. Is there evil in the world? Is there evil in our lives and the lives of others? Well, beloved listener, answer this question. Is God evil? Well, then I think we really have our answer. Join me again in a week for my next sharing, The Bible, Metaphysics, and I. Then, if it is wisdom for you, and only if it is wisdom, consider making a PayPal gift to my happy effort of sharing with you Unity's logical understanding of life. You are wonderfully blessed.